0: Hi there, and welcome back to Gravity, the Digital Marketing Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by creators, consultants, and practitioners who share what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the podcast, then welcome along. Just take a second right now to subscribe to the show in your podcast player. That way you don't miss new weekly episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. This week, I'm speaking to Amy and Caitlin from Simply Social in Santa Fe, New Mexico. When I met them last year, I had a feeling they were doing something unusual in their business, and I was really keen to dig a little deeper. They didn't disappoint. If you thought influencer marketing was just for the kids, then you'll enjoy this episode. So welcome along, and let's meet Amy and Caitlin. So this week, I'm delighted to welcome Amy Tischler and Caitlin Jenkins from Simply Social. Amy, Caitlin, do you maybe just want to take a second and introduce your business, maybe who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, Bob. Caitlin and I actually met on Instagram almost five years ago. We were being very social on social media, and we just connected by engaging and commenting and eventually leading into direct message conversations and that turned into a meetup and we just instantly connected, had many similar ideas and ended up starting an Instagram account that was a photo sharing account called Simply Santa Fe NM and it's all about promoting our local community. And that was wildly successful (laughs) very quickly. And from that, we just, really decided that we were good at what we were doing. We really loved it. And it has now turned into a social media agency, social media marketing agency. And so in addition to influencer marketing that we do primarily through Instagram, uh, we also do um, content strategy building for clients. And um, we do a lot of workshops and training. That's one of our real passions is helping businesses learn how to utilize social media effectively. We are very passionate about creating community and connections and conversations through social. And so being able to teach others how to do that is a big part of our business.
0: I'm curious to know how long before you met in person? And actually ended up agreeing. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start a business together.
2: Um, let's see. We started the account simply Santa Fe, maybe only a month after meeting. And so we, through that, got to meet a lot of great business owners and individuals, and people doing amazing things here in Santa Fe. And word of mouth. Kind of ran wild and everyone was like you do social media so well could you do ours or show us how to do it and so it was only about five months before um starting and actually deciding to form a business
0: one thing i'm curious about what were you both doing at the time were, were you conceivably c- competitors or were you sort of in other jobs
1: not at all <laughs> we were <laughs> not competitors um, caitlin is also a professional photographer And uh, so she was looking for locations to take her portrait clients to. And I was uh, a stay at home mom and was my youngest had gone back to kindergarten that year. And so I was trying to figure out what to do with this next chapter. And at the time was uh, hiking a lot. So I was posting all these lovely landscape photos. And so Caitlin saw those, wondered where they were, thought they'd be a good location for her clients. And that's actually why she contacted me um, in the first place. And in fact, when when she contacted me, I was feeling kind of self-conscious about it and mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not a professional photographer. I don't know why you'd want to meet with me. And she was like, no, I don't care about that. I just love your photography I enjoy talking with you and let's meet up. And so we did, and really it was from that one meeting we just really instantly connected. I actually had very few relationships like that in my life where I just instantly felt a really strong connection to someone um, and we just were brainstorming and talking and it had all these ideas just really simpatico. It was, it was really phenomenal.
0: I think that really comes across online as well. I think a lot of the time when you have business partners, there'll be real strengths and weaknesses in each but often one is very very confident pushing themselves forward and the other one really hangs back in the in the back room What's really quite strong in the way that you've developed your personal brands is it's very much an obvious partnership online mm-hmm. I hate to use the word double act but I remember when I met you in Newcastle it was it was actually quite a strong double act is the only way you can really describe it
1: so we're actually, I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with that term, double act.
0: A double act, that would be, you know, when you have two comedians and there's always two of them, they will never do anything separately. Um, I don't know, how would you describe that? Yeah, that, mm-hmm. no, I get, no, that,
1: that makes Rick sense. and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, I think we do have that connection. It is, I mean, we physically share an office space, Um, And I wouldn't actually want it any other way because we just work so well collaboratively, collaboratively together.
0: Well done.
2: Mm-hmm. We do both bring strengths to the table. Um, we, if we, it weren't for social media, Amy and I probably would not have met. Um, we are. There's an age difference between us, and but we work together so well. And it's it's funny because you can have relationships with people that you meet online and connect really well, but then once you meet up in real life, suddenly there's not that. Um, it's a different vibe. It's not that synergy, and exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah. I'm, we're very lucky that we have we work so well together, and we actually have that relationship that works almost even better in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: And I can I can tell you mean it. And after five years in business together. If you still mean it, that's a really good sign.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I really, Caitlin is not just my business partner. She is one of my best friends. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think that's a really successful component to what we do.
0: Yeah, clearly. One place I would like to explore with you is what you described as influencer marketing because that means so many different things to so Mm -hmm. many different people. but it's clear from your website, from what you're talking about, this an important part of your business. So I'd really like to understand within your business model and your client base, what that actually looks like.
1: So we utilize uh, micro-influencers, meaning locally and regionally, people who have a very strong social media presence. Specifically on Instagram for us, if they have presence on other platforms, that's great, but we do tend to look um, and connect through Instagram. And so we have online communities that are very robust, they're very engaged, and we actually bring these communities from the online world to real life events and places to have a very unique experience. And this is called an Instameet. So we have worked with one of our clients for almost five years now, this is our fifth season, uh, is the Santa Fe Opera. We're very blessed here in um, sleepy Santa Fe, New Mexico, to have a um, world-class, A-class opera house. And so it's a very photographable location, it's performance-based. And so we bring people to the opera for behind-the-scenes tours. They get production talks from directors, composers, librettists. And then we have um, special seating where we're the only ones allowed to actually photograph performances. And so it's a very exclusive opportunity. We're basically trading this opportunity to tap into and utilize their influence in our, you know, local and regional
0: area. And I'm, I'm going to ask, what well, to me seems like a silly question, but how do you get paid? Who's actually paying you as the agency?
2: So the clients that we work with, they hire us, the businesses, they hire us to cultivate our audience and kind of, because we are so connected with the online community here in New Mexico, they trust us to invite people who will fit the demographic that they're trying to reach. So people that have never been to their business before, or people that are in the age bracket that they're hoping to reach, really local people who will use their influence for good and to promote their business and the things that they're doing.
0: And the influencers themselves, are they, I mean, again, it seems like such a silly question, but are they being paid or are they generally coming because they like a freebie?
1: They're, they are not paid. Um, they're, the trade-off is this access to this experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a much more elegant way of describing a freebie. (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it's not to put it, not to make it small. I mean, the, we're rolling out the red carpet for oh, um, for these yeah. people. It's it's yeah. really an amazing experience to get to go behind the scenes and kind of see where the props are stored and how the costumes are made and have people who, like librettists and composers and um, people give special talks just to our group. Um, and before we started doing these events almost five years ago, um, photography was completely Completely not allowed whatsoever within the venue and so our group to this day are still the only people that are not only Allowed to but encouraged to take pictures during these events
1: And I think the fact that they're not paid is part of what makes that micro influencer so powerful because it's actually their real Organic experience. They don't have incentive you know through financial incentive um, to be posting about it. They're posting about it because they just absolutely love the experience. And I think that really comes through in in how they present our events to the outside world.
0: I really, really like what you've described there. It's, I mean, obviously I'm aware of influencer marketing and Instagram influencers in particular, but seeing how that can work on a, on a regional level, you, you're quite used to it sort of within a vertical market like the glamour market or the fashion market but in a, a geographical footprint it's quite a novel way of looking at things i really like that
1: yeah we loved it just had really great success with it and and the, the participants love it i mean what an exciting thing to be asked to you know come to these places for they're very exclusive and usually created specifically for our participants. In fact, we have a spa client who we are working with this year to bring small groups of uh, micro-influencers in for a weekend stay. So this isn't small what you know they have access to. It's a pretty phenomenal opportunity.
0: And what kind of audiences will these micro-influencers usually have? What's what, what kind of Instagram following, for example, is a spa looking for, in order to sort of to meet their criteria?
2: Ours in particular is looking to for mostly local um, influencers, so they have had no trouble receiving press worldwide. Um, but they, one of their um, PR goals is to reach more of the local community and so which is one of the great reasons why they reached out to us because we're so tapped into it so we have been connected with people on Instagram um, throughout New Mexico who have a following usually between 1000 to 15,000 that come for these events Um, and we work out with them how often they're gonna post and what the messaging is and hashtags
1: to use and and things like that.
0: So that's not crazy numbers at all?
1: no exactly not at all what we're looking for quite honestly is engagement Mm -hmm. Um, the numbers matter much less than how engaged their followers are because that's really where the magic of influencer marketing happens you can have a lot of likes you can buy followers so uh, you know but it's harder to manufacture that real engagement we want people talking to each other about their experiences and influencing their followers to want to think about perhaps going to the spa or going to the opera because of what they saw
0: and in your region do you find that there are many other people offering the same service because where i am in the world i'm not actually aware of anybody that is offering that service they probably are but it'll be in fashion or it'll be in in something else but the way you're doing it i don't know of anybody else
1: i know we're definitely the leader in what we're doing here regionally um there have been some people who have tried similar things uh but we've we've really kind of cornered the market here because that's that's how we came together. Uh, We came together and created this Instagram account that was all about promoting Santa Fe. And then through that, these events um, really took off and Instagram invented the Instamate. We did not invent that concept, but we took that concept and really made it our own. And yeah, quite honestly, we have not run into a lot of other people who are utilizing micro influencers in the same way that we are
0: mm. and looking at your business now what proportion of your let's say revenue does that kind of work account for
1: that's a great question that's probably a great question <laughs> Really, just
0: just a, quicker answer just, to just, I to guess, a guess i guess
1: probably uh, i would say like a quarter to a yeah. third of i would our, agree with that our, yeah mm-hmm. We'd like to and we are actively working on increasing that because we just really love that work so much. And now, honestly, through these relationships that we've built up with clients, because we have such a unique model, we are now being asked to create their national influencer marketing campaigns as well. So there is room for us to grow that. And we're very much actively working on doing that.
2: Absolutely, we're also being asked to speak about our method and how we how we started and what we do and what our methodology is. Uh, last uh, October, we spoke at the Public Relations Society of America International Conference about influencer marketing, and we have um, at least one gig coming up where we're going to be doing the same. So teaching people how to do influencer Mm -hmm. marketing well is very important to us because it's becoming more and more popular. We want to make sure that people are doing it in a way that's going to benefit other people and not ruin it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I love how Caitlin says, we don't want you to ruin it. Just don't ruin it. (laughs) it, Marketers ruin everything.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I think it's because theoretically the barriers to entry are very, very low. It would be the kind of thing it's quite easy to hustle a client into and then deliver incredibly badly mm-hmm. and then you've ruined it forever.
1: Absolutely. Right. Or even to do it for your own organization. I mean there are you know very specific steps that you need to to follow and it really this the success the key to success we've found through this type of micro influencer marketing is actually creating real genuine community. Mm-hmm. And if you can create that community people will go wherever you ask them to go because they know that what you're giving them access to is really something extraordinary.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I already I have a client in mind that I'm thinking I <laughs> yeah. need to speak to you. I'm not sure that how, how that'll work between Scotland and the US, but um, they need what you have. So yeah. if they need what you have, you have a great opportunity. That's
1: right, and yeah. I do think that's another opportunity for us to really you know, build that out, to teach people how to utilize that. Obviously, we don't have an active community everywhere else, um, but to be able to teach people how to create that and utilize that model is something we would really love to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I want to look at the rest of your business now, and I'm gonna come back to the scaling side of things. So your, your plans for the future because what you have there is so exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> but i want to look at the other two-thirds three-quarters of your business is is that more the traditional social media marketing work
2: yeah so we have um clients who we do their social media for them kind of like a traditional social media marketing agency and that's on a different levels depending on the client Um, one of the most the largest ones that we have is the Department of Cultural Affairs so all of the state museums and historic sites in New Mexico but we do Facebook for clients Instagram um, and as well as occasionally other platforms Um, but that's a that's a very large part of what we do
0: and I guess whenever I'm talking to anybody about social media marketing I always have to go to time management Mm. Because time, when social media is just the biggest time suck. It really is. I can open Facebook because I had a legitimate business reason. And the moment that blue comes up, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. My rabbit hole is opened and I've disappeared. Oh my gosh,
1: cat videos within minutes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, how you manage time is everything on social media. So, I'm curious to know how that looks for you. And the reason I'm asking is, because it's such a large part of your business, Mm -hmm. if you fail on this, Uh your business fails. So clearly, it's not failing. So I have to ask, how do you manage your time?
1: We have, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, we're fortunate enough that we do have some employees that we can delegate some of that work to. Um, But overall, as a team, we rely very heavily on scheduling tools so for instance we use Agora Pulse for a lot of our content management clients and that way we can work with our team and no one actually has to be on facebook or has to be on twitter you know scheduling and uploading that content so the more we can actually stay away from the platforms yeah. themselves which is sounds crazy Um, But just like you said, the minute you go onto Facebook to post something, um, 30 minutes later, you can't even remember why you were there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the scheduling tools have really helped us um, streamline that process a lot.
0: I I tried Agora Pulse a few years ago, and I found it just a mess. But I think it must have come on a long way, because everybody seems to be talking about it now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we we feel like it's a... I don't know what it was like before, um, but it... We've tried a lot of them, and that one seems to offer the widest range of tools while still remaining pretty user-friendly.
0: I will have to go back and have another look. Mm
1: -hmm. We also use uh, another um, platform called Later Media. That one is specifically, it's a very visual design scheduling program, so we use that for uh, the Instagram accounts. Um, where design and aesthetic really are very, very important component. Uh, And that one also does uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, but that one is a little bit more geared towards the Instagram side. So we use a combination of tools, but regardless of what tool you use, I think it really does help tremendously in this business to have a tool that lets you stay off of the platform. Mm, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Another issue, that I feel people have quite often as social media marketing consultants is managing the customers expectations and it seems to be that the smaller the client is the more expectation there is (laughs) often when you're being hired as a social media marketing person is because the business owner is looking for a silver bullet of some kind
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: and they want somebody to come and fire that silver bullet they don't want to be shown how to shoot the gun a lot of small business owners they want their digital marketing to be done to them rather than with them. Mm-hmm. Right, sure. Um, again, I'd be curious to know how you manage customer expectations and customer experience.
2: That's def- <laughs> definitely a conversation that we have with them. Um, that we they first of all businesses know their business better than we ever could, and so we make sure to point out that it's a very collaborative effort, and we need to at least have information accessible to us to be able to promote their business in the way that they want to. Um, but we're very upfront th- in the fact that we, we can um, publish posts and, um, and track the organic reach and um, impressions and, pu- and schedule ads. However, we don't promise any specific numbers, um, especially when it comes to sales.
0: Again, this may not be an experience that you've had, but the client hires you, the client participates for a few months, and then suddenly they're busy all the time, and you're you're trying to get the content from them. Do you have any tips for how to re-engage a client? Because the reality is if you don't, within a couple of months, you're gonna have lost that client. It's maybe something where you're... Yeah, Sorry, carry on.
1: No, I was just trying to think of a client that we've really had that issue with and and I have to say we've been we've been very fortunate in who our clients are mm-hmm. in Santa Fe specifically. There's a lot of arts and culture organizations here and they were definitely early adopters in social media, but they're larger organizations. And so we actually don't work with many smaller businesses keeping people Engaged is tough, mm-hmm. especially when they've hired you to do it. A lot of them think, well, that's it. Hands off. They're they're getting things done. Caitlin, what do you think?
2: I think so. I agree with Amy that I, I can't think of any clients we've had specifically who have dropped off in that way. Um, but we also are um, fans of using what's called evergreen content. So content that's true whether you post about it today or three months from now. We also, the majority of our clients are local. So uh, if a photo needs to be taken to talk about something, we could actually go out and take that photo. And so that adds also to that time management, um, but kind of setting that expectation and doing our best to request content ahead of time and multiple times. <laughs> yeah,
1: we do meet with our clients monthly too, um, if unless the contract calls for more. But we do meet with them monthly too, make sure that they are engaged in the process
0: i think that you don't work with very small businesses is probably why you don't have the issue and i also wonder because a lot of the time you're leading with instagram is that fair to say Mm -hmm. people know there's an expectation of visual content and you're you're being effectively hired on that basis so if they know they're going to struggle with visual content they're either going to have to be regularly funding that deficit by paying a photographer um, or, they, or they possibly hired the wrong people
1: <laughs> yeah or also like so a good solution is to um, use user-generated content which we use for a lot of our clients in fact th- those are what our influencer marketing communities are built around is user-generated content and so that is one way to not actually have to create it Um, Obviously you have to ask for permission and you have to to give proper photo credit, Um, but there are a lot of ways to use content that you might not even think would be relevant to your specific business, but there's always a way to message it, to bring it back around to what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to look at your sales process a little bit because everybody, every every agency, they go about things so differently. Um, one agency, it'll be entirely referral-based because one guy is quite high profile. And then in, in the next agency, everything's inbound um, through their content marketing. How does that mix work for you?
1: We're almost exclusively referral-based. Mm-hmm. And a mm. lot of that, I think STEM's actually back to the influencer marketing, which is where we started. So we built a name for ourselves. What we do is very visible to our community. And so once we started doing those events and working with kind of higher profile clients, um, people came to us because they saw us out there doing things. And there is, you know, that you can make yourself appear more out there sometimes on social media than maybe you are (laughs) and so you know if you even have a little bit of a presence in an area where there wasn't much going on you know that really positions you as a thought leader in that industry and that's really how we kind of gained entry and how we still continue to do business
0: yeah and is that reflected in your content marketing um because it, it sounds like an awful lot of what you do is really it's almost I hate to say social networking, but it kind of is You're it is, out there yeah. being being kind of high profile.
2: Absolutely. Um, and the, the best part about our um, our industry is our resume is already online because right. <laughs> you can see what we've done because you, it's, it's out there. We can say these are our clients. These are the pages that we manage. Go take a look. And that's this um, level of work that we do.
0: Yeah. And in terms of traditional content marketing, and I can't believe I've said traditional content marketing.
1: <laughs> right. Because. <laughs> yeah, <but> I know. <laughs> how
0: much do things like blogging and, and YouTube factor into your own content marketing?
1: Not much. Mm-mm, very little. <laughs> no. we, yeah.
2: we do have a blog on our website that we update um, occasionally when new Instagram features come out, or we have uh, case studies that are available to show to clients on our website, uh, and as well as like photo contests that we've done, kind of a, a recap of the information that people don't always get to see. Um, that's kind of in, in depth of the data because I just find that so fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the strategy that you've described there, it, it doesn't really need that kind of content marketing. So if you were doing it, it obviously wouldn't be the best use of your time.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So you mentioned scaling. And I know you have some top secret plans. We're not going to go there. <laughs> but I'd be interested to know where you would like to see the business in the future.
1: Yeah. So we I mentioned earlier about our love of teaching and training. And so really where we would like to scale our business is to do much more of that. And we have done a lot of workshops um, specifically for organizations and businesses and we do private training and we're just doing more and more of that and helping people build strategies for their business that then they can take on themselves. Because like we said, we really do think that businesses can tell their story better than we ever could as consultants from the outside. And so to give those businesses the tools to do that is something that really We feel very passionate about. And so, uh, scaling to do online courses and sort of move out of being tied to the local and regional markets and being able to offer our experience to a greater market is a direction that we definitely like to take. So, the teaching, training, workshops is an area where we'd really like to grow. And we're just actually now doing very select campaign management for clients. We're not taking on a lot of that new work, so we can put more time and effort into the teaching and training.
0: And how far through that are you now in terms of productizing that?
1: We're, we're beginning stages still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of training and teaching here locally, so there's still room there to grow as well. So it's kind of those baby steps of the time that we can spend extricating ourselves out of one area and moving into another. It's a goal by the end of the year to have some kind of an online course formed and out there.
0: Yeah, I I think when you are operating in such a strong position, in such an unusual niche, that you do pivot away from necessarily digging the gold to selling the shovels Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's so much opportunity there. Yes. And you'll get that being in Santa Fe. Yeah. Santa Fe was a gold mining town, wasn't it?
1: Uh, Turquoise, a little bit outside of Santa Fe, they Uh, mined for turquoise, yeah.
0: Okay, I was close. (laughs) Yeah, if people do want to start dabbling in the influencer space and they just want to maybe run a little test, maybe for one of their own clients or maybe for their own business, what are maybe a couple of tips they should look at to just make sure they don't make some of the big mistakes you know people often do?
2: Definitely, I would say be social on social (laughs) above anything else. So before going out and approaching people straight up with an ask, building the relationship online before anything else, kind of get to know somebody, um, even if you think they're in the target area that you're trying to reach kind of get to know that and get to know about that person before you come up with an opportunity or some sort of influencer marketing trial. Yeah,
1: we've reached out to very few people I could probably count it on one hand who we didn't already have a very strong existing relationship with so again there's no silver bullet (laughs) you know there's no like do this and this happens it really is about taking that time to build those relationships
0: yeah and i think um that that's really what it is it's an investment you have to invest in Mm -hmm. that network in order to have that network reciprocate back to you that's right amy and caitlin from simply social media you've been fantastic you've taught me so much tonight if people want to connect with you how would you like them to do that
2: Sure. They can find our website at simplysocialmedianm.com. And then we're on all the social media platforms at Simply
0: Thank you very much for your time. I would actually love to have you back again, maybe towards the end of the year and talk about this again and how things have evolved for you.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. We would love to. And mm-hmm. then we could probably talk to you about our super top secret. <laughs>
0: plans. <laughs> I'll speak to you then.
1: Great. Thank you so awesome. much, Bob. Let's Thank you very it. much, Bob.
0: My head was spinning after that interview. It was my first time interviewing two people at the same time. Much more than that, some of the ideas for leveraging influencers and as an agency are potentially game-changing in so many ways. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link from the website at BobGentle.com or just search Gravity Digital Marketing in Facebook and you'll find us easily. If you enjoyed the show, then I'd love you to review it on iTunes. It would mean so much to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Amy and Caitlin from Simply Social. And thank you to you for listening and see you next time.